the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers, and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Yippee-yo-ki-yay, we are on the air. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is the Soapster here on the Bible Live broadcast. John, thank you for getting us on the air tonight. Oh, you're welcome. And getting us all started. He'll be taking your phone calls all during the next 90 minutes as you join with us, we hope. Any of you that would like to, uh, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, if you'd like to join us here on the Bible Live broadcast. Stacy is here with me, uh, my dear daughter, and we are here to talk about the book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, uh, in your Hebrew scriptures, in your Bible. We are making our way, as you know, through the entire Bible every year. For the last 20 years, we've been going through the Bible every year. Different formats. Uh, we uh, Before, we've had it, been have our Bible reading program on the air from Monday through Friday. Uh, for the last number of years, uh, what, six, seven years, I guess now we've been, uh, seven or eight years, we've been now... Uh, on the internet, you go to thebiblelive.com, and there you'll find uh, all of our readings of the entire Bible, from Genesis to the maps, as they say. And we read through that every year. We give you a chance to hear a 15 to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures every weeknight, Monday through Friday. Of course, now that they're online, you can listen to them any day, anytime you'd like it. Uh, but that they are that's the way they're scheduled there on the website. You can go back and catch uh, readings of any book that you would like throughout the year. But our reading schedule itself at this time of the year finds us in the books of well we just we finished Jeremiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Lamentations. Then we went last week we went back and read the New Testament book of Hebrews. Uh, we're coming to the end of both the Old and New Testaments. We're tw- down toward the the books at the end of each of the Testaments. But we finished the book of Hebrews, and now this week we came back to pick up now in the books of Ezekiel and Daniel, two of the young men who were taken in the exile when uh, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian armies came over and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 586 B.C. And uh, there were three different uh, invasions, 605 B.C., 
597 B.C., that's when Ezekiel was taken. 605 was when Daniel, many of the, um, many of the royal lineage, the princes of Israel, the, the, you know, the wealthy, the most, um, I, I would say, the elite, uh, the leadership of the, of the culture were taken into exile in 605. Then in 597, another group was taken, around 10,000, if I remember correctly, the number uh, taken. And that was when uh, Ezekiel, as a young man, was taken in that group over into Babylon, into exile. And then in 586, the final um, coup de grace, as we would say, the Babylon came over with their armies and they destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And as Jeremiah had been predicting and telling them very clearly uh, over there and took uh, a number, another number of people exiled, but mainly the slaughter was so great. We'll get into the details of that tonight because this is the very interesting thing about Ezekiel. Ezekiel was taken over into exile in 597, and he was called to begin his ministry there in in uh, in Babylon, uh, and you can read about that in the opening chapters of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. I've, I've, I've kind of gotten behind here looking things up. Uh, get over there. Hurry, hurry. Ezekiel, there you go. He was a young man. He is a, he is a priest. He is from the tribe of Levi and from the uh, lineage, the family lineage of Aaron, the high priest, uh, uh, of Israel, and so he is a he is a priest. He is both a Levite and a priest. As you know, all of the Levites, uh, all Levites. Let me see if I can. Not get it all right. Levites were priests. Not all Levites were priests. Some of them were Levites, and they worked mm-hmm. in the temple around the temple. They facilitated the the worship. Uh, of God in the temple, and they took care of the details of the temple. Not all Levites were priests, but all priests yes, were Levites. but all the priests were Levites. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, Ezekiel is a young priest. He normally would start his uh, priestly uh, ministry at age 30. They went through a period of uh, some years of uh, being taught and, and learning about the details of it and then entered into their ministry at age 30. But he was taken over into Babylon and called there by the Lord to deliver messages, to be a prophet, a preacher to the people in exile over in the um, – they had a, an exile community there on the river, the Kabar. river Kabar. Kabar. That's right. And so he talks about that in the opening verses. So that's where we we catch up with this very unique individual named Ezekiel, and the, and the interesting thing is that he is he is preaching the same messages, the same warnings, the same uh, the, the same messages, the same call uh, to the people there in exile as Jeremiah is preaching eight hundred miles away or so five to. It depends on the route you take. <laughs> uh, as the crow flies, I think it's about five or six hundred miles. But uh, if you have to go over the crescent, the fertile crescent over the top, uh, and then come down the route that Abraham took when he moved, and when God told him to go to Canaan, uh, it, it's a somewhere something like eight hundred to a thousand miles. But a long way away, out of Canaan, away from the temple, away from Jerusalem, uh, this young man is. 
preaching to the people of Israel over in exile. And the message is amazingly the same, the similar. He predicts he predicts the same uh, catastrophe, the same terrible events that take place. Uh, he tells the people there what is going to happen over in Jerusalem. And um, very, very interesting book. I find it a difficult book. I don't know, Stacey, yeah. have you looked at Ezekiel it's very, very much? It's very colorful. <laughs> oh, it is very colorful, <laughs> and there are a lot of interesting is, events yes. and messages, and some of the language, the terminology is all very telling, and we'll get to some of that right. tonight. But the book itself is somewhat, I don't know, it, it, for some reason it's it's a little more, it seems difficult, particularly the later chapters. We haven't gotten to those yet, but when he talks about the redistribution of the of the tribes of Israel, he he Im, he imagines for us and describes for us a redistribution of the of the tribes of Israel in Israel in the land of Canaan, and, and there, it's a totally different geographic arrangement of the of the. Uh, Tribes, and then uh, and the all, temple, and, and all 12, 12 tribes. All twelve, which yes. is, I mean, just an interesting thing because he includes the uh, ten of them yeah. were scattered and destroyed. Yeah, before so, and so he mentions that, and then he has the city of Jerusalem described, and the temple mm-hmm. uh, described the city uh, as taking as uh, at some point it's very it, it, it's very unusually described. But on the other hand, too, in other words, it's idealized to a great extent. Mm-hmm. But all, a river flows through it, the river of life that comes out of it and so on. Mm-hmm. And it, at some point it comes to kind of take up the whole land of Israel. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very uh, high. It's imagined. It's a vision. And yet no one has ever really been able to definitively Maybe some of you could answer that question. Maybe some of you who are in touch with our, uh, how do our, how do Hebrew, how do our Jewish, uh, how how does Judaism view the Book of Ezekiel, and how do they interpret mm-hmm. that idealized temple and and so on? Um, I think a lot of the connection, at least that I've heard, is is the Revelations connection and the River of Life and the description of. Uh, the New Jerusalem as yeah, um, the New Jerusalem and the New Temple, and maybe mm-hmm. someone has suggested uh, one view is that the Temple is perhaps the model of the quote this Temple that's supposed to be built, the third Temple that's supposed to be built on on uh, Temple Mount, which uh, people talk about nowadays that. Of course, there's a mosque on top of it now, and that that's going to be removed somehow violently or exploded, or and, and in the new temple, and that it might be built after this design. I, I no, I'm not sure myself about any of that, to be very honest. Uh, but I don't. It, it is we don't really know exactly. It never tells us definitively what is this new temple. And this new arrangement, what is it supposed to signify Would it signify and teach us? Um, us, I mean, the, the the body of believers in the church age? The, mm-hmm, us, right. today. Yeah, what does it have for us? And, and No, I mean, it, the, the, new, the temple signifies us. And in terms of the I, water and, like, you know, we... His, his people are now everywhere, all across the world, all across... Uh, 
every town, and every nation. As and we as we are the ones who bear the message of salvation, that river, of life, that river of life flows us. from us. Every, mm-hmm. Stacy Lorraine, like daughter, you, you have just earned your pay for the evening. That, that really is a remarkable thought. It's a beautiful thought. It I is. Mean, it yeah. truly it's is. It's very in keep with how Ezekiel spoke as well, which. Um, when, and I guess Ezekiel spoke, but so many times he started it with, thus says the Lord, or the word of the Lord came to me. So really, I think it's the Lord's words. Exactly right. And and this is uh, uh, this is the record. that He began his ministry there, uh, and he is on the streets. He's a street preacher. Mm-hmm. He, he uses uh, theater mm-hmm. and drama. He uses... Uh, at one point, he gets out and lays on one side of his body for so many days, and on the other side of his body is another for many days, and that's supposed to signify something. We'll talk about that in a moment. He uses a brick as a, a an object lesson about the siege of Jerusalem and then its destruction. Uh, what else? What he his yeah. beard? He uses he shaves and uses a third of his um, beard to signify a third of the population of Jerusalem that would be um, die in the siege from hunger and diseases. Then a third would die in the slaughter that took place by the army of Babylon after the siege, and then a third of them that would be scattered like the wind over the over the you know, civilized world of that time, scattered to the nations. So you've got that. So he he's very, very colorful. Uh, he, he writes a song mm-hmm. in there. And, and um, in fact, what, what chapter is that? It's kind of interesting. He writes a, a song in chapter 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a funeral song by his own definition. He says this is a funeral, and he, at the end of the song, he says, "Okay, this is a funeral song. Now it's time for the funeral." <laughs> and so it's kind of a lead up to the. It, he tells them he's telling them over in Babylon exactly what's going to happen to the temple and to Jerusalem over in Canaan. And very interestingly, God he has these visions and his. Uh, uh, these messages are delivered to him. He is taken in visions from Babylon to over into Jerusalem, and he sees things happening there in the temple. He sees uh, some of the corrupt leaders uh, involved in idolatry and misleading the people and giving the people false hope and false messages that no, oh, God's going to get you. God's going to keep you. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. Now we've already seen a lot of that as we studied the ministry and the messages of Jeremiah, but here Ezekiel is highlighting these same things taking place. You know, one thing I get from Ezekiel that maybe uh, maybe in, in even a maybe even a slightly more graphic way, I do I do get from Ezekiel a more stark description of the depravity, mm-hmm. the the idolatry, yeah. the the rebellion, the just the the corruption that existed. Now, Ezekiel seems a little bit more, I don't know, somehow more a colorful, more clear about how terrible. Maybe I, right. maybe we can't really imagine the depths of the depravity and the wickedness mm-hmm. to which uh, Israel had fallen. 
uh, you know, we still think of them, you know, you know people of God there and mm-hmm. people who worship God in the temple. And yet, uh, evidently, uh, Ezekiel and Jeremiah did the same well, thing, but Ezekiel I, yeah. paints a terrible, yeah. terrible corrupt picture. And he gives a lot of um, uh, context for us, you know, when he says, even if Noah, even if uh, who were yeah. the, these, these men had been there, it still would not have been saved. Only those men would have been saved. It was that bad. It was worse than Sodom. It it, was, yeah. So he does give some some context. Maybe that's it. And then he's he's just very his his, his whatever he says he says it passionately yeah. and very. <laughs> In chapter fourteen, God says that that not even the presence of Noah, Daniel, and Job would stop him from judging Israel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even if these three great, holy, righteous men, great men of God were there. Which is interesting because Daniel's a contemporary. Yes. I mean, yeah, Daniel he's still is He's still alive there over there. In, 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 but one. even if those three great men were there, interceding, uh, yeah. it wouldn't stop him from judging Israel yeah. with war, famine, beasts, and plagues. And one thing I think is, um, so speaking, I guess, of his language and the phrases that come up in Ezekiel, um, it, it says often, for my name's sake, uh, that the, and, and so God says, this is happening for my name's sake. This is, and, uh, and it's, you think in a way that that's, um, pride, you know, you kind of think of, oh, well, that's a prideful thing. Uh, this has to be because my name is on the line or my name. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if ever anybody has the right to say that it is God. It yeah, is God. Right. And he's saying, you know, justice, this must this must happen for my namesake as to to the world and so that the world oh, sees yeah. this isn't um there's no special necessarily uh, concession just because you are my people. In fact, even more so for my yeah. namesake consistency. Remember for that consistency, was one for truth, of the, for justice. That was this, one of the purposes for which they were called. Mm-hmm. Was not only to know God and to and to know Him and follow mm-hmm. Him loyally and faithfully, but to be, be a witness right. to the surrounding nations. And, and oh, I hope I can find it. And I ran into a passage in Ezekiel that, that you'll like. Okay, well, on that same note, you know, for my name's sake, and then he's quick to apply the, the laws, and that the laws are good, and if the laws are obeyed, and if the Sabbath is kept, and these things, um, then it. You know, it would not happen. The, right. the judge, and so, it's not for. He's quick to justice is applied and truth is applied and my word and my namesake is applied on to to everyone, um, regardless of, of just your heritage, perhaps, or because of your who your parents are or who you're. And that's one of the things that they're quick to highlight that those that are saved are those that call upon the name of the Lord and are obedient and repentant to him. It's not because you were born into a certain family or you have a certain amount of wealth or because mm-hmm. of and um, I just think that that's a very powerful and a really freeing and a, and a, and a, and a great thing. It's, uh, he's not arbitrary. He's not going to save some or not save some because of some arbitrary mm-hmm. last name or amount of money or, or talent. It's, it's his law. Now, there were people who survived 
those who were scattered, you know, right. the third that was scattered, and many of them may have been godly, God-fearing, right. who who left Jerusalem. Were those the ones that had the mark on their forehead and and as he yes, said, that, that they that, wept, yes, uh, and uh, repented. In the, uh, the particular mm-hmm. vision, where, what chapter is that in? Just. That is in chapter 9. In chapter 9, he has his vision of an angel going through in the slaughter of the idolaters. Mm-hmm. And, and those who did not have the mark, who had the mark, were the ones who did not bow down to the idols. And who they were characterized because they wept and grieved at the mm-hmm. sins of Jerusalem and Israel and, and, and Judah. Right. Uh, and so it's so interesting and because even in that context, there were those – like even today in in our own culture and society, there are many who grieve, and mm-hmm. we are watching in some ways the deterioration of our nations. In some ways, yeah. I'm not sure we're so wholesale given over right. to sin and unrighteousness as as Israel seems to have been mm-hmm. in this time. But the battle is on. We're a nation divided. There's the the. the there are those who still grieve and pray for America and grieve for our sins and and regret them. You know the, all of the different things that we could name off a litany of the great ills and the failures and the sins of our nation at the, um, at this particular time period. Um, but uh, but yeah, they were there mm-hmm. still, and they were they were grieving, and they were the ones that bore that mark, and they were not. Mm-hmm. That part of the slaughter, uh-huh. they and were from delivered. them, there's that that tender shoot. Yeah, exactly, and there is that that message hope, as well. So, <laughs> uh, that what is that vision in chapter? Um, oh, what vision? What chapter was that? The the vision of the two eagles, chapter seventeen. Mm-hmm. Now we're just kind of hitting high points here. We're going to go back and do things a little bit more in order. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're just highlighting the fact that this was generally overall uh, the. the what Ezekiel writes about. He is delivering the same messages, the same warnings uh, he's seeing, and, and, and he, is, he is describing in perhaps more uh, greater clarity the corruption and the, 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 uh, the, 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 the sin, uh, the failures. He uses iniquity quite a bit. Yeah, uh, uh, the, and he uses the phrase, that the, then you will know that I am your Lord. Mm-hmm. That's... I've forgotten how many times. Well, maybe we'll come to that. I think how it's many? Sixty-five times. Sixty-five times. Then you will know that that I am the Lord. Then you will know. Uh, he uses that is to show us what is God's purpose when he dis, when he disciplines his people. Mm-hmm. It's never just oh, I just I'll get I'm them. I'm mad you know? or I'm mad. I'm mad or it's not uh, uh, vengeance or anything. He said then they will know. It's always to restore, to remind, so that we will learn and know and understand that he is indeed the Lord. And there's another phrase that he uses over and over. Uh, we talked about it. Um, Adonai Yahweh? The Adonai Yahweh? Or? Yes. Um, or that, the, the word of the Lord came to me. Yeah, you were mentioning that when the right. word of the Lord came to me. A lot of phrases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thus says the Lord, for my name's sake, the word of the Lord came to me. But that phrase, then they will know I am the Lord. I, I kind of believe that that's essentially what would be the the key phrase, the mm-hmm. the watch phrase of Ezekiel, as he describes God's response to the sins and failures of the people of Israel and his 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 bringing judgment and discipline upon them. 
uh, although there are these reminders that they he will restore, and, and we'll talk about those as well. But this was a very clear decision that you're going to go through this. I to, then you will know that I am the Lord. One thing that um, I thought was interesting, we're our church, we're going through a fall women's Bible study, and we're in the book of John, and um, we were, yes, uh, let's see, with, let's see, which, 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 um, well, we were just talking about when when the Lord heals at the pool of Bethesda and um, on the Sabbath, and of uh-huh. course Jesus gets in a lot of trouble because mm-hmm. it's on the Sabbath, and you know, kind of had us talking about the Pharisees and all and the laws and the keeping of the Sabbath and how they were extremely stringent. I mean, it, that was a big deal, and to give them a little bit of understanding and kind of be to, to be fair to the Pharisees, you know, we can read that mm-hmm. and say, how mm-hmm. could they be so well it's healing in the and they were, you know, they were still a people that remembered yes. not keeping. The I Sabbath. thought of that too. I thought of <laughs> yeah. that too. Sometimes I think we have to. We swing the, the a other little a little bit too of slack. Far. <laughs> yes, because to the Pharisees. Yes, those who are sincere, uh, yeah. our, our Jewish friends and so on, that yeah. who. I mean, they do have a history, and boy, when they idolatry came along and all right. of these sort of it can the, be devastating. They Absolutely. understand that, you no. Know, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, the the it it, it do doesn't you, excuse it, and yet yeah. it, it helps explain it a bit, and we can have a little right. bit of human compassion yeah. and understanding no for their dilemma. No less than the law, and no more than the law. Just the law, and I think that's what happens. So, of course, here in this case in Ezekiel and with they were by far doing less than the law <laughs> they were and then of course that's you good that's to, good no less you, no more no but just, just god's laws god's laws yeah and his word and the word of the lord came to me <laughs> well we'll come back and we'll come back and pick up the book of ezekiel we'll start at chapter one and kind of walk through chapter 22 that's what we read this past week if you want to join with us go to the bible and this coming week you will uh join with us as we read from chapter uh 22 23 now on Toward, toward the end of the book as well. We'll continue through the book of Ezekiel. But don't go away. We'll come back. We'll be talking about uh, Ezekiel, his message, and kind of going through a little bit more chronologically, uh, chapter after chapter, to give you an overview. So the Bible Live will continue. Look forward to seeing you when we get back. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. Oh, and when the love spills over and music fills the night, and when you can't contain your joy inside, then dance for Jesus. Dance for Jesus. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878.
listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. All right, we are back. Shine, Jesus, shine. Good choice, John. Thank you. And it is a good reminder for us, even as we are in the Hebrew Scriptures now, we always have to remind you that even though we've moved to what is called the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures or the Tanakh, um, Jesus is still the central figure, the central personality of all of the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, Old and New Testaments. The central figure is this Messiah, this Redeemer, this Savior, this Hero that that is pointed out very early. Uh, we've, we point this out pretty consistently to you, but it, it always is good for us to remember because we can get down into the weeds of some of these uh, books, Ezekiel, Daniel, other, others, any book, choose it. We can get down into their message and into their times and when they lived and what was going on. And we can see it, but we have to constantly remember as, as well that their story, the Hebrew Scripture story, is is bigger than just what's going on in that moment. It, it has to do with the redemptive plan of God that has is centered in this Redeemer, this Savior, this Messiah, and so and the same thing takes place in the book of of Ezekiel. He uh, even though we have. Uh, Ezekiel, they're dealing with corruption and idolatry in in Israel and in Jerusalem, and, and Ezekiel uh, is a witness to it, even though he's 800 miles away over in Babylon in exile. Uh, God reveals the the extent of that of the of the corruption of the idolatry and, and the sin, the iniquity, in a clear way to him. And he's they're involved in. He knows that they're, they're he's announcing judgment upon them. But even uh, even Ezekiel is not entirely is not entirely about just cor- uh, sin and corruption and judgment. Uh, he he takes the time to talk about restoration. Mm-hmm. God is going to restore you. You're going to be and for a purpose, and right. and it has to do with the Messiah. You know where that is. Uh, we were just talking about it quickly. Yes, it's, it's, what uh, chapter? Seventeen and chapter seventeen. Seventeen, yes. Mm-hmm. Is that the, uh, that's where he has the vision of the twenty-four, the two eagles, mm-hmm. I guess, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Tell me about that, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> okay. to it. Uh, right. So two eagles, um, and they take a. I think it's from a. Uh, is it a, a cedar tree? Uh-huh. Take a twig from the cedar tree. The first eagle the is first Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. Mm-hmm. He takes the top. Off or something, yes. and uh-huh. and that's it. and then, that's it. as Jeremiah has told them, don't try to escape Nebuchadnezzar, your judgment, your discipline, mm-hmm. by making a treaty with Egypt, because the Egypt is going to be destroyed as well. Don't do that, but they did it anyway, mm-hmm. and and so there comes a second eagle, mm-hmm. and it's it's in, in in his vision, chapter seventeen, mm-hmm. and it's in in it's Egypt, mm-hmm. but okay. he right, I mean that's yes. that's the the thing, yeah, the uh-huh. second. The picture of the of the second eagle, mm-hmm. and he uh, takes another part or, or is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can give me the detail on that. I don't know. But then, but then, uh, this is a this is a riddle that is explained. And, and go ahead, I interrupted. I'm sorry, but you, <laughs> it has to do with that the, a branch that yeah. God takes, and He plants. 
a little part of the brain, transplants it, I guess, or something. Yeah. Go ahead, Stacey. I, I, you well, know the no, details. It, I don't. It just, uh, and so the, the question, you know, are these are these twigs, are they going to thrive or not? And they don't. They do not bear fruit, the two that are. Um, but the one that God planted this small, he, he says, I will lift high that was which was brought low. I will um, bring low that w- which was high. And uh, he represents, you know, this this little shoot, this tender shoot, represents the hope of uh, the Messiah. And from that, um, it he he will he will lift it up. He will um, bring glory. And and it's just the beautiful reminder. I will take a branch from the top of yeah. a tall cedar. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. He said uh, Ezekiel says. I will take a branch from the top of a tall cedar, and I will plant it on the top of Israel's highest mountain. It will become a majestic cedar, sending forth its branches and producing seed. Birds of every sort will nest in it, finding shelter in the shade of its branches. And all the trees will know that it is I, the Lord, who cuts the tall tree down and makes the short tree grow tall. It is I who makes the green tree wither and gives the dead tree new life. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said." That is really quite powerful, and of course, I know that there is a there is a there 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 is an uh, Israel centered interpretation. You know, him bringing the people, you know, the nation of Israel back, and that's right. restoring them. Uh-huh. Uh, and there is an aspect, uh, and I I won't deny that's a part of it, but uh, I I do believe this is bigger than that. He's right. talking about the ultimate restoration. Mm-hmm. Of Israel, the people of God is through the the branch, the righteous branch. We've been talk, talking about the Messiah, this, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, we know now uh, Jesus of Nazareth, who turned out to be that long-awaited promised Messiah of Israel, and uh, that God and, and and I here Ezekiel brings him into his message. Yeah. You know, that there's there's a good news in here, down in here somewhere. There's some good. There's a good picture of God's grace, God's right. faithfulness. And God's uh, love and re- restoring power, so that's in there as well. Through it, and, and you mentioned right that Jesus references this. Yeah, I, when I re- first read it, I thought immediately of Jesus' parable when he talks about the kingdom of God is like a a, a little acorn. Oh, you know, it's yeah. a small little seed. You plant it, and it grows up to be this yeah. huge oak tree. And it says the birds of the fowl of the air, all the birds of the it air, does, find yeah. and make their nest in it, and find yeah. Uh, and I thought, wow, I wonder, I wonder, I just, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if Jesus didn't have this passage in mind. Which again, it's just so beautiful. I mean, that they will know that I am the Lord. And uh, he gives so many. It's not as if the Messiah is a, I, maybe I, I'll bring in, you know, C.S. Lewis's Lord Liar Lunatic. Uh-huh, kind uh-huh, of. Uh-huh. I mean, the claims that Jesus made are and that he is God, that he is a savior, that he is the, are so, in some ways, hard to believe. But it is not as though God did not give over and over examples of this is true because this is true. Look at everything happening. I will, thus says the Lord, you'll know this, that, and then you'll know I am the Lord. And, um, and I, I, I just, it's, it's such a, He's so good, good to us. I mean, it's not as if he leaves us in any real. I mean, those yeah. that really are Godward and seeking Him, He, 
gives abundant um, messages and clear assurance, assurance. and confirmation. Yes. Yeah, you. Yeah, he he makes it makes it clear, no doubt about it, and he shows us, and he calls each and every one. In uh, 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 that will be the basis of judgment, is what God has revealed to every yeah. person about Himself. Every human being, uh, it, it seems that it's it's has to be true that if God is going to judge every human being on what He has shown that each person of Himself, God has revealed something of Himself to every human being, and it. We are held responsible. This is what Paul, I, we were just studying our way through the book of Romans uh, right now in the Bible study I have on Friday morning, and, and that uh, each one is held responsible for what God has revealed to that person mm-hmm. of himself. We're not held responsible for what we don't know or what God, you know, didn't, but God knows what he, in the heart of hearts of every individual, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if you're American or Egyptian or or South African or Peruvian or wherever nation or whatever people group, everyone has a witness at some level. And that's why Paul talks about creation and, you know, the general revelation and so on. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we're only responsible for what God has shown us. And, and Jesus, a number of Jesus' parables talk about this, mm-hmm. uh, that we'll be held accountable for how we responded to what God has shown us and told us of himself, about himself and about uh, his redemptive plan. And Hebrews, we just read that what a week ago, and it said, without faith, faith is the key, it's a coin of the realm, it's impossible to please him, for he that believe, he that comes to God must, these are very two very fundamental, basic, general, he that comes to God must believe that God exists, that God is there, and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is so general and so broad, but but at some level, every human being has has gotten a witness of yeah. that and and is only going to be held responsible for how they responded to that. Now, I, only would, God in his wisdom knows how to do that and right. is qualified to do that, right. but that is, that is the message. And you would think that that would be an easy thing in a way, um, but clearly, in a way, it is. In it, a way, it isn't. Right. It, yeah. it reminds me again of that CS Lewis. It's the it's both the easiest thing and the hardest thing all at the same time, exactly. because it requires us to deny ourselves. It uh-huh. it does require us to die to self yeah. and uh, and not my will. That's all but it takes. It's real easy. It's so just easy. die. Right. Just die. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but you know it. it We've all been there, though. I think we yeah. understand how easy and how hard that is all at the same time. I'm, you know, it's, uh, so it, 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 it's relatable. It, it, the conversion, <laughs> the dying, dying to self, that somehow, no, I won't say it's easy. because. It, but then there's that old thing of dying daily. Take up your cross and die daily. Yeah. <laughs> you have to keep on dying. You <laughs> keep reinforcing and living out that yeah. di- that the self is. It's a... It's a great uh, – it, it, the biblical narrative, the biblical plan the, is so phenomenal. I mean, it just makes so much sense in its complexity and, it's, and in its simplicity. It's astounding. You know, and, and it does – as far as it's the most difficult thing, um, the, the flip side to that, though, it is a, it is a must. And so in kind of refusing or in a, you're just holding off – it reminds me of that Jim Elliott – uh, quote, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep 
to gain what he cannot lose. And so as hard as it is to die to self, it's harder to try and hang on to yourself True. Uh, in the end, especially. And um, maybe the older I get, the more and more I realize that as well. It's just exhausting. It, it is it is. It is. Now, honey, don't be talking to your dad about how old you're getting. Okay, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. It's a that little unnerving. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, now, and we do have to mention too. I think something you just alluded to, but it's another lesson that comes just, just as it comes from the book of Isaiah. It comes from the book of Jeremiah. All the prophets uh, is that God always gives a warning. Yeah. Before judgment, slow to anger. Always, yeah. he's slow to anger. He always warns. He always calls it to, and right. and yet his word is true. He, he had promised that mm-hmm. uh, in the covenant with Israel uh, long before, even when the temple was built back in the times of Solomon, um, there was that warning that if you sin against, you turn your back on me, you rebel uh, against, then then exile was one of the. I mean, that was the ultimate, you know, I'll take you out of the land. I will remove you. Mm-hmm. And we see that now happening uh, in 586 B.C. And Ezekiel is a prophet over in Babylon who is chronicling the events and who is following the events. And he, well, I'm not saying following events. He's he's preaching ahead of the events, telling what's going to happen and, 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 and telling the people there. Uh, and calling them to repent as well mm-hmm. and to be prepared in, for restoration. Uh, very, very interestingly. So that the book of Ezekiel uh, has all of those elements of, of, of the of prophet, the great prophet, the warnings, uh, the truth-telling, and the illustrations. Let's kind of go through it if we can. Now, in the first chapter, we hear Ezekiel's story tells a little bit about uh, him and when he, you know, he's taken away, taking out of uh, Israel in, in that second uh, <clears throat> exile, that second um, attack by the armies of Babylon in 597, uh, he's taken over into uh, Babylon. He's 30 years old, <clears throat> but instead of starting his ministry as a, a priest, as he would do back in Israel, he is taken at that age over to a uh, 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 a Hebrew, uh, what would you call it, a community of exiles there on the river Kibar. I, I ought to look that up sometime. I have a I have a map right here, and it shows it, but I don't know enough about <laughs> Babylon. Uh, of course, we're talking about modern-day Iraq, right? Okay. Uh, and so he's taken there, and he begins to preach to the people in exile, there in Babylon. Now, the first vision he sees is one of the, it's one of those hardship things uh, in the early chapter. He sees this. It's a vision of these uh, angelic beings, and yet they have four faces: the face of a man, a face of an ox, a face of um, a lion, and a face of an eagle, uh, and and they have wheels. <laughs> You'd think it came out of Detroit or something, you know. But uh, they they have wheels. You have a wheel within a wheel. Uh, I mean, we have these puzzling visions. But but yet, then, I think some of the understanding that we get from them, some of the suggestions I've read, I, I, I'm I'm thinking that the people may have understood these at this time. I mean, they may they may get these. Um, I always try to get the immediate context of when Ezekiel is presenting this to a bunch of Hebrews over there in Babylon in exile, 
And I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, even though we may be a slightly confused by what it meant, because it's going through, a, you know, it's going through what three thousand years almost, and uh, not three, uh, two thousand five hundred years later. Plus, it's going through language from from Hebrew to uh, Greek, perhaps, and now and now into modern English, and so we have to kind of make those jumps. And so it could be a little obscure to us, but I'm kind of thinking they may have gotten it. Uh, that, that, that the wheel, here they are way outside of mm-hmm. the promised land, outside of Israel, wh- where they, which is the land of promise yeah. given to them. And God planted them mm-hmm. there intentionally yeah. because they were in the center of all these rising and falling empires for hundreds, thousands of years. And they were there to be a witness to his, to his presence, to his existence, to the true and living God, and to be, be a light to the Gentile world. Mm-hmm. And, of course, their failure was that sometimes they did that well, not very often, but sometimes there were incidences and times yeah. of revival and so on. But other times, you know, it was catastrophic. And, of course, here we're coming to the time where he even says, it's for my name's sake, for my name's sake, I have to remove you. Mm-hmm. Because you are there. People look to you as the people of Jehovah, yeah. and you're giving me a bad reputation. You're, you're living in such a way that it, right. it's reflecting on yeah. on your God. Yeah. And th- that's the idea that uh, you, you, are, you are bringing shame. Mm-hmm. For, for my name's sake, mm-hmm. I must bring this, this to, to an end. I must mm-hmm. discipline and judge this. And so... Um, and he must be consistent. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I get from mm-hmm. for my name's sake. I, it would be like a, a, a judge. Um, I, I have to discipline you, even though you're, I mean, I love you. And you're, but for mine, I, I am a good judge, and mm. I must discipline you so that other people can look to me and know that they're going to get a fair trial with me. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how yeah, I interesting. see and, it. And, 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 boy, I sure would like to know. Where Daniel was in the midst of this, I mean, in the context of this, <laughs> right. you know, uh, in the book of Daniel, which we're going to read next as we move from Ezekiel right on into Daniel, we're going to get the experience of that young man, and then he goes on to exercise in a powerful influence over five emperors mm-hmm. of, of Persia, yeah. and incredible influence. In, in fact, he's even influencing here already uh, under Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is even partial to the people of Israel. He's wanting to cut them slack. He's wanting to give them some some little mercy and so on. But they, they're so corrupt and they're so rebellious, they won't even receive that. And, of course, it comes down to them, them being destroyed then. Right. But What's interesting, though, is Ezekiel does reference Daniel. Yeah, yeah. And so He's in those three. Yes, and so it's not Noah, as Noah, Job, though, and Daniel. Right, yeah. So he's, he's well-known enough and has the... No- that uh, it's not, in other words, it's not as though the people, I wouldn't think, don't know that Daniel exists as someone to be, to model after. And, right. to, and, um, and yet they still resist. Yeah. And Daniel. Even Ezekiel them. here mm-hmm. knows about Daniel. He cite yeah. you know, even if there as, was Job and Noah good, and Daniel. And of course, he's, he lives at the same time Daniel lives. Uh-huh. They know that. Wonderful influence mm-hmm. over the uh, yeah it's and then you see that juxtaposed with the leaders that Ezekiel calls out as 
uh, yeah. divisive and as the primary corrupt, um, idolatrous, greedy, the leaders of yeah. his downfall. Mm-hmm. In fact, is we're told that that essentially uh, one of the primary reasons explaining it, the the judgment that fell upon Israel was mm-hmm. the failure of the leaders, which mm-hmm. which says something for our era as Absolutely. well. I mean, you know, our political leaders are uh-huh. elected in. Political leaders are the leaders of our culture, of the society. Now, Stacy's not quiet as far as I am about that. Yeah, I think of uh, I think of songwriters. I think of actors and actresses. I think of people who produce movies and who who influence the culture. Athletes and people who. I guess my thing is I wouldn't. I don't necessarily want to water down the leadership to the point that we're all leaders. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's very specific about. This is actually you know, the, the very well people, right? 20, yeah, twenty-five <laughs> people. And so, so, not to say that it is not the leadership, but um, y- you know, in a way, we are all leaders of our At own some little level, sphere. Yeah, sure. So, uh, it, and so, I just wanted to make sure to draw the line. I think he's actually like, no, really, the leaders. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. They, um, and, and that's a message for us. Well, they have these the wheel within a wheel. And what I was hurrying to say, which I didn't hurry enough <laughs> is that the wheel was in the wheel and the eyes that were all over it and so on. these were cl- these were clearly it seems to me logically a message from god that i see you mm-hmm. i'm with you mm-hmm. you just because you're out of what out of israel mm-hmm. outside the the frontiers of israel outside the temple outside the walls of jerusalem i'm still here i'm with you mm-hmm. and 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 a lot of what is said that, that it's rel- it's not new surely they knew that but i think there was that that security from within Israel and the temple and all for those of faith. It was probably comforting to know that oh, God yes. is here with you, even that, here over in Babylon. Right. God is with you. Yeah, that must have been especially comforting in the next several chapters when the glory of the glory of the Lord leaves leaves the temple and He sees it going in it. Uh, not only does it leave the temple, but it leaves the land. And that must have, yeah, that would have, that would be pretty devastating. Um, but this is the beginning, and I would imagine a wheel at that time would very much symbolize transportation, mm-hmm. and that God's chariot, not yeah. going to be confined. By, I mean, if He is God, mm-hmm. God would not be confined by location or any by time or space. Mm-hmm. In fact, and so indeed, He's He's showing that and revealing that. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I see you. I'm with you, wherever you are. And, and uh, Ezekiel is. We, uh, we talked about him being taken into Babylon. He serves for 22 years mm-hmm. as a street preacher in Babylon from 593 to 571. He, uh, as we said, he writes music. He gives theater. He does a lot of things. And chapter two, God command, gives him a scroll, his word, and says, "Eat this." And he says his words. Jeremiah says the thing, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy words were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Oh. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. And here Ezekiel says the same thing. He was sweet like honey oh. to my taste. Uh, and and so God gives him his word, puts his words in his mouth, and his purpose is to speak to the people mm-hmm. words of comfort, words of encouragement, but also words of judgment and guidance and correction to them. And we'll we'll pick up there a little bit, probably about chapter 4. We've gotten that far where Ezekiel now is going to begin to uh, tell the people in, in Babylon wh- what is going to be happening over 800 miles away in Jerusalem. 
so he begins to lay it out for them just with the same clarity uh, and the same specificity. He brings out names. He names names of people and the leaders yeah. and purposes, uh, even as Jeremiah is over in uh, Israel delivering more or less the same messages to the people there. So we'll come back in just a moment. I think our time is just about up for this segment. We are ready to take your phone calls if you'd like to give us a call or a thought, maybe even about Ezekiel, about this time of judgment, 210-340-9585. 210-340-9585. If you have a thought about uh, this time of judgment, about Ezekiel, uh, about Ezekiel, about uh, this time, this period, or how God deals with his people then or even now, maybe there's an application you'd like to point out to us. We'd love to hear from you. 210-340-9585. The Bible Live. We'll be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Hard to leave that beautiful music. Good listens to that for a good long while. The doxology. Well, yeah, I know. I recognize it, but it's just (laughs) the power of it when you hear it so straightforward and beautifully like that. It's gorgeous. Well, we are in our last segment. We're going to kind of walk you through some of the chapters of Ezekiel. We've we've kind of mixed it up and we've talked kind of about a number of these stories, but now we're going to try to kind of give you them. In the order in which they appear, we got through the invita- the introduction of the book, I, Ezekiel telling about his calling to ministry and so on, and and we learned about him being a straight street preacher, starting at age thirty over in Babylon for twenty two years now. He's going to exercise uh, this ministry of preaching, but he's very unusual. He's young. He's uh, he uses, like I said, drama. He uses music. He uses uh, a lot of different. Uh, elements and a lot of different methods of communicating his messages to the people. In chapter 4, for example, he is told, and and maybe we can't just all put this down to Ezekiel's creativity, uh, God tells him, (laughs) get a brick. It's God's creativity. (laughs) Yeah, God's creative. Go get a brick, Ezekiel. And he said, draw a map of the siege of Jerusalem. Now, this is before the event. So he tells them and draws the map of the siege. And uh, what it's going to be like. 
And, and then in chapter 4 as well, he's told to lay on his left side for 390 days and on his right side for 40 days to illustrate uh, that Israel would be under Gentile control for 430 years. And as it turns out, that is exactly the time from uh, 597 when Jehoiakim, the uh, final king, uh, is is conquered and taken into exile until... Um, uh, let me see until when 167 uh, BC when the Maccabees, the Maccabees uh, rebel and reestablish Jewish control over Israel so that's 430 years exactly and that's what Ezekiel predicts here that you're going to be uh, taken from the land and out of the control of the land for 390 plus for, uh, 40 430 years very very I mean Really, how spot on can you get? Yeah. I mean, that's as about as. Then they will know I am the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go Very and visit specific. with. Harold. Now this is Harold, and we haven't heard from Harold in a while. I'm glad to. I'm glad you're there, Harold. How are you doing, my friend? Daughter, girl. I, I forgot your name again. <laughs> Stacy. That's Stacey. all right. Daughter, Stacey. girl. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> how are you all doing? We're doing hey. great. Good to hear your voice. What's up? Well. Thanks. Thanks. I've been hearing yours off and on uh, a lot, y'all, and everything. Well, I've been doing a lot of Bible study, researching, and Good. listening to d- different things. And uh, one of the things you were talking about in Ezekiel reminded me of uh, a time back in the Bible in Second Kings uh, chapter 6, around verse 26. 24 uh-huh. uh it it kind of reminds me of what's going on today um with uh you know this child sacrifice or you know if you have a baby and uh-huh. you decide to abort it that's kind of a sacrifice i i, I guess right not a sacrifice in a good way but so this this story here this this king this king of israel was walking along the wall and a woman cried out we're in second king 6 and the woman said, you know, there's a famine at the time, and the woman said, let me eat your son, and then I'll let you eat my son, and then, you know, everything's going to be okay. But the, but the idea of the son, it, it's not that. It's that these are Canaanite people, um, you know, uh-huh. Samaritans and stuff, and they wanted to start the sacrificing so she was telling the king, if we would just sacrifice, maybe we wouldn't have this famine anymore. Mm-hmm. So so the king of Israel at that time started doing that. And, of course, God, instead of praying to God, maybe didn't pray hard enough or wait, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kicked him out of Israel, out of Jerusalem. And that started the big old controversy on uh, yeah. this child mm-hmm. sacrifice. So today that, that has been all over the radio that's been at the temple, how important for a woman to make up her own mind. I mean, you know, I can't speak for a woman, but it just makes me think, you know, you, you know, when you get older, I think you can say stuff. Uh, I, you know, I think the choice, once a woman is pregnant, it's not her choice any longer. It's, no. uh, it's, that's a life there. That's the baby. There's another and person to uh, me, involved, yeah. Yeah, and you got all these gods overseas getting all all mixed up, and people are going on with a happy, funny thing. We're painting the stripes downtown, the red, white, and blue. No, wait a minute. Pink, mm-hmm. yellow, and blue, rainbow colors. 
you know, we're having to conform to all this stuff. You know what? They they even have the Black Wonder Years on TV. I have a, some black friends at work, and I told them, what is it that you want to know? I mean, do you want to, if your history is so bad, why do you want to repeat it on TV? And it's kind of a, I'm not totally being rude or serious. You know, we had the Wonder Years. I'm sorry it was in white folks, but I guess we wanted to see what we're doing. But you're, black people are complaining so much that uh, now you're making a movie about yourself. You know, well, that remind, uh, you know, a theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're right. Go ahead, Stacey. Well, it reminds me. Uh, Go ahead, Stacey. Oh, sorry. It, it does remind me, you know, when Ezekiel talks about the leadership, one of the things that they is they are so divisive and they're so all sorts of lies and they are more interested in, in controlling the narrative and keeping power. And that's that reminds me so much of what I see happening you know, just the divisiveness and trying to pit people against people. or We've stopped viewing to... the simple ethics, the simple morality, mm-hmm. the simple right and wrong of yes. an issue or of a situation, and we've started interpreting everything by this identity politics right. about group against, oh, it's, we, so it's, well, and right. I, I want to correct you about one thing, Harold, just really quick, and yeah, that, sure. is, that is that you don't have to be a woman to have an opinion about abortion. <laughs> you don't have to be, and, and you don't have to. say that here. You know, yeah. This idea that somehow you're not qualified to have an opinion, because that that cannot be. We don't leave our brains, we don't leave our soul because of what is right is right and what is wrong is wrong to anybody. It, it doesn't, you don't have to, and again, your gender I, doesn't right. make. And I think that that's one of the characteristics of, again, bad advice, bad counsel is when, again, they're trying to make it about, well, men and women or pitting against when, when that's not the, the issue is, is it right or wrong? Is it, is it? It's not and whether, both are able to form, absolutely. whether you're a man or a right. woman, you can know if something is right or wrong. Right, you can correct. have an opinion of it. And you're not disqualified because you're not the right gender. <laughs> that's just well, something, just that's, just that's a thing. lie of the enemy as you well. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, if I could, yeah, you know, my sister Betty, and you've talked to her on the phone. Uh-huh. Uh, she, she was thinking about, you know, an abortion. She drove by a clinic here and there. Her son is probably 40 now, maybe, almost. And she, we've talked about this, not in not in the last 15 years, but in the early days. And I think, th- this is my prayer. If a woman gets pregnant, she didn't get pregnant by herself. And I'm not saying for the guy or the date or whatever to take responsibility totally. The parents of that girl... If I hadn't had, if my sister hadn't had the parents that she had, Mm -hmm. and believe me, they went through hell with it. Mm -hmm. Went through hell with a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But, pardon my language, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. they had parents that they could go to and Mm -hmm. hear the stuff and not react and not blame her. And I think if parents, if they have a loving daughter, something happens, oh, my God, it's so bad when you're pregnant. A lot of this stuff is because I'm not going to blame the church. But because nobody does that, right. we're not supposed to do that. I brought you up in church, and I can't let a church member know. I can't let a family member know. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a first cousin, his daughter married a black guy. Oh, that was such a secret for a long time. Yeah, because yeah. the baby mm-hmm. was born, 
Mm-hmm. You know, that was, you know, that's a 15 year old story. Well, we've but, gone you know, through, like a, I say, yeah, we've gone through a lot of those kinds of things, Harold, in our, in our, in our society. And, and, and they are all, and instead of addressing it straight from a clear biblical worldview, mm-hmm. what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong, that um, this idea of racism, there's no place for racism among the people of God. Mm-hmm. We don't want racism mm-hmm. to be present. Now, obviously, there are going to be racists because there are sinful human beings on planet Earth, and there are people who are racist themselves individually, and we do what, our, what we can through through uh, witnessing and through sharing to to but but in terms of systemic racism, I don't think America is racist. I think America has played a huge price to to eradicate slavery, to right many things that were very wrong, and I hopefully we're willing to pay the price to to right, make right this very very terrible, harmful, destructive policy of allowing, you know, the killing of an innocent child uh, at will. Uh, I'm hoping we're coming to the point where we're ready to correct that as well. But the point is, is that I don't... I don't think that the nation is inherently bad, and we were bad from the beginning, and all the founding fathers had slaves and so on. There's a process. There's reality. There's history. And, and these go through. But... Uh, I'm glad you bring this anyway, up because it makes yeah. it it makes the scriptures relevant because here people in, in Ezekiel they're going through a time a real period of time and things were happening uh, we're not to their point yet I don't believe in terms of deserving judgment as a nation or even as the people of God but um, no. but you're in the ballpark these these are the sort of thing God is still. Uh, reigning over the affairs of men and nations, and that yeah. we could indeed face discipline and judgment, and and may well be facing ju- discipline and judgment even in these times right. because of some of these well, sins. You know what I would say is, you know, I, I I know I said just one more thing, but you know, if you know a family goes to church and they do and they don't, and if something happens, you know, a a, a daughter ends up pregnant somehow. I'm sure they love each other at the time and all this stuff. Their, their pastor has to be behind them also. And right. their pastor has to be understanding and maybe not necessarily at that moment show them in the Bible where they went wrong. Take care of the person first. Yeah, I Let think them- I, th- I think we're learning. I, I think we're learning, Harold. Yeah, I really absolutely. do. And I, and I think that um, it, it kind of goes back to that it's the hardest thing you'll ever do and also the, the easiest thing you'll ever do. And that is the re- the repentance. Um, and like you said, go back with that person. You go back with them, and where 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 did we go wrong? Or not? Or, you know, what was the seed? What was the thought? What was the and and simply and confess it and repent mm-hmm. it. Correct that, and then you and then and then move on in grace and in love and in mercy. Mm. And um, but I think you know trying to cover. Th- something up trying to do you know by doing more wrong is only that's when you're really you know mm-hmm. that's when you're really in trouble and it's and again it's so easily said um it's very it is very hard you know in the moment and there's there does there needs yeah. to be a lot of grace over women we can have a lot of compassion. We can have, a, and we ought to. Absolutely. And I think we're getting better at it as, as so God's too. people. Yes. We are. We are willing to take care of these children and, and uh-huh. raise them. And people are there to adopt them. And 
Oh, uh, in your in your own congregation, I've seen several young yeah. couples that have adopted. It's just becoming more and more common. I was at a church tonight. Even I went to do some singing and some just leading in a little bit of worship and prayer, and uh, they were talking about this idea of the that 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 we need each other. That we need mm-hmm. to be able able. Mm-hmm. Free to confess our faults one to another, right. as the scriptures say, yeah. and encourage not condemnation and not, but when we do fail, we it ought to be a place we can go to and tell a brother or sister or a pastor, uh, like Harold says, and there would be heard, there would be uh, there there would be a sympathetic ear and 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 help, mm-hmm. really practical mm-hmm. help for you, Harold. Appreciate you calling in. That is a very good reminder for our times, and it's a good reminder that. From the scriptures, I mean, this is relevant. This is relevant to our lives and the times in which we live. And I love that Second Kings reference, Harold, because you do kind of. That was the early, um, the very early beginnings of suggesting Mm -hmm. a sacrifice in order to get something that they want. You know, uh, we're hungry. We should do this, and and that's kind of. It reminds me of that little the lie in the garden. You know, did God really say this? And just that little suggestion mm-hmm. of maybe let's do something super horrific. <laughs> maybe let's do this and see. And um, in terms of, you know, people that are, you know, if you're receiving counsel that sounds suspicious like that, you know, maybe let's just do this and maybe it mm-hmm. won't really. And then you'll get this. Um, be be suspicious, you know, be uh, wary of that, and remember God. Mm-hmm. God's word. Go always back to God's word. What yeah. does He say? Sometimes people have. We do talk about uh, abortion, even in our modern era, as a sacrifice to the God of convenience. Mm. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I, you know, I won't. Won't be able to have a life. I'm going to be poor. I'm going to, and it just isn't that way. But people it's a lot, yeah, are afraid sure. of that inconvenience or that responsibility. Or and the, yeah, and it's a very real. I mean, yeah. it, children are. It, it is hard. I mean, it is. Yeah. It, you know, so not to yeah. water down that no. temptation um, by just saying convenient. It, it yeah. is. It is hard. Yeah. Um, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I was one of them. Yeah. But for the grace of God, I was an illegitimate child. Uh, born out of wedlock, passed around to 16 families, as I've said many times, put into a home for homeless and delinquent boys that, by the way, is not government supported in any way. It's supported by the free will donations of, yeah. uh, of God's people, mainly. Began, I've met hundreds yeah. and hundreds of them over the years, and, and most all with, uh, with, with the motivation of, 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 of caring a relationship with God and caring for these children in the name of the Lord. And it began from yeah. it was a yeah. wealthy businessman yeah, who wealthy uh, business had a heart for young mm-hmm. boys in particular who were homeless or who just came from bad yeah and, bad and, situations. Mm-hmm. The lower ten percent. That's where we came oh. from, <laughs> as they say. Yeah, well, isn't that re- isn't that sweet though? That that kind of reminds me at least the wording of he will raise high the lower. You know, he will, <laughs> exactly, and right. he will lower those that are that are high. So good, so good and gracious. Well, good word from Harold. Let's get back to it as we walk through these chapters. Um, in chapter 5, remember we mentioned a while ago that uh, he used his beard, the cutting of his beard, as a uh, as one of the illustrations of his sermons. And a third of the, of the beard that was cut off was to show that a third of the people would die in the siege by hunger and disease during the 13-month the siege of Jerusalem. 
About another third would die by the sword after the siege as the army of, of Babylon swept, uh, breached the walls and swept through the uh, city of Jerusalem. And then another third would be scattered among the nations. And that was an illustration that Ezekiel gave from chapter 5 of, of Ezekiel. Uh, and you've already brought up in chapter 6, we see four times in one chapter, then they will know that I am the Lord. And, and many times throughout the book, I think, what did you say, 60-something times? 65 times. Mm-hmm. 65 times. Then they will know that I am the Lord. The God's, God's judgment is always with the purpose of restoring, ultimately, to know. Then we will know. So when even the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews said that God disciplines us because he loves us, because he cares for us, and he wants us to live the truth and experience uh, him and, and, the, and the truth. So that, that is a helpful message it, for us. Yeah, I think that also um, shows, you know, when you think of a child uh, at a school or, or a child anywhere that's not at their parents, very rarely is that person going to, they're going to call the parent to do the discipline, right? So if a child gets in trouble in the church nursery or whatever, mm-hmm. and, um, it's not, and that child will, you know, knows that it's going to be the the parent that's going to actually enact the mm-hmm. the punishment or the discipline. Um, it might be others that catch the child, yeah. but I think there's a sweet, um, just a parent kind of child. Then, then they will know that I am your Lord. I am the one that disciplines you. I have mm-hmm. that authority. I have that right because you're my child. Mm-hmm. I created you. Interesting. Yeah, the <laughs> anyway, very interesting application another. of it. Yeah. Well, then that in uh, chapters uh, six and seven, those four times that we see that phrase, but out of the sixty-five, and then we have this interesting uh, in chapters nine and ten. Ezekiel is actually taken, transported in a vision yeah. to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and he sees uh, the 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 debauchery, the sin, the iniquity, mm-hmm. and he, he uh, there is a an angel that that is released to bring about death, and he he goes through the city in, in the slaughter, and he says people who had a mark on their he- foreheads were not killed. They but, had you know, the, it, this is just the opposite of the mark of the beast sort of right. thing. It, it was, reminds me of the uh, hmm. Passover a little bit, actually. Uh huh. Interesting. And Lent, you know, sometimes people sure. carry the uh-huh. mark on the on the foreheads, but this mark was that they were the people. This is kind of touching to me mm-hmm. because I've I've been to, in so many prayer groups, like this group I went to tonight, uh-huh. and they were praying. Uh, it wasn't huge, you know, twenty five or thirty people. Mm-hmm. Praying with such passion before God, God forgive us, cleanse us, redeem us, forgive us, and, and praying for the children of the nation and for the students and for you know the yeah. people that suffer. It, it is so touching, and and here and I remember I talked at that conference, uh, uh, the call the, the weeping way, women, the, yeah. where the wailing women the that Jeremiah calls for in his book, call the wailing women, and this is a ministry called the Wailing Women's Ministry. They pray and they weep. And they sigh because of the sin they saw around them, and and, and uh, they repent, and they're against the idolatry and the immorality. So, more and more, I th- I think I'm I'm encouraged that, that God's people there is mm-hmm. there is a foundation of that. There, yeah. God's people are faithful in prayer more and more, and and I can only encourage uh, these men and women to uh, th- th- this was over in what my my 
GPS called Cibolo, <laughs> Cibolo, uh, over at Little Baptist Church there. And I just want to encourage the brothers and sisters there. That was a wonderful, wonderful time tonight of intercession and prayer and, and studying the Word. Well, let's go on. Um, we see that in chapters 9 and 10. Uh, again, Ezekiel say that opening vision with the four the four yeah. beings with the faces of a an ox, a lion, an eagle, and a man, uh, and he sees that again. And the the glory of God mm-hmm. is removed from the temple and then leaves the city as well. Uh, and, and there in chapters nine and ten, and so that that is that is such a tragic. Yeah. Sad vision and moment uh, as the as God's glory leaves the temple and the, and the temple and the city. It pauses over a mountain on the east side of Jerusalem, which is thought probably probably to have been the Mount of Olives, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know why, but it's, any reference to that where Jesus preached later on at the Mount the Mount of Olives isn't that where Jesus. Appeared the Transfiguration as well on the That's Mount of Olives, a, uh-huh. yes. Mount of Transfiguration. So uh, interestingly, there from chapters uh, ten and eleven. Um, then in chapter eleven, he publicly packs his bags. Uh, he's he makes a in the daytime. He goes out and lets people sing, putting suitcase together, and going out through a hole in the city. To show this is how people are going to have to escape from <laughs> Jerusalem. It's very visual. Very visual indeed. Well, we got pretty far at least. We'll come back. We'll continue to the book of Ezekiel this coming week. I hope that you'll join us. Go to thebiblelive.com, thebiblelive.com, and you can read through the rest of the book of Ezekiel. And uh, join us again next Sunday night here on The Bible Live. God bless everyone. Have a great week. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.